December 19, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
likable you know when i was a younger man mike i i thought just do the best work you can and and and, you know be as innovative and i was like i'm going to try to be one of the cutting edge guys which and there's a price for that because you you always want to be cutting edge you know uh and i thought how much your music is liked is completely meaningless and then it and then i got even more hardcore and i was like if your music is liked it's because you're not good. <laughs> so, 
So <laughs> it, it, it got that extreme. But here's my point to you. Now that I'm 50 years old, I start I'm starting to appreciate uh, the notion of how likable <laughs> your music is. Because if you have two guys, you know, two incels in a basement, and they're like, I like your stuff, and everybody else doesn't, then you start thinking, maybe that like that likability thing is uh, worth something, you know? <laughs> we're so. going to get into that. Cause we're, yeah, bud. We're on the air right now. People, happy Saturday. Mm. It's my last uh, day as a 62-year-old. It is? Yeah. People, you can hear my guests. I'm not man alone. Brother Matt, he's at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point because we're still in quarantino mode. But those genius software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got yeah. Nandor Navai. With, where, where are you talking to me from, Nandor? I am in uh, upstate New York. Okay. State. Yeah. Your brother is there? Brother Matt, I usually do the Watt from Pedro show with, but we. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, not today. We don't want to infect each other with this uh, COVID-19. Uh, oh, Yeah. Yeah, you you are going to make it. It's just a it's just a nasty ass flu, Mike. And uh I mean, uh happy birthday, but um I don't think it's dude, it's going to take more than that to kill you, man. You you're not that easy to kill. It got my aunt last week. Oh, it oh, I'm sorry about that. But but uh, yeah, you know, you're right. I got a lot of work to do, so I got to hang around. I got to stick around. Yeah, but you're not done. I, 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 I also got the righteous opportunity to talk about you and your musical journey. Oh, uh, that's uh, a much appreciated. Um, it's, it's good to hear that good energy. I, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of an isolated guy up here, so so that get that good energy is. Uh, I don't get too much of that. Thanks for saying so, bud. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Can you give us? Yeah. Your earliest musical recollection. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I want to say, uh, I don't even want to say this, but actually it's probably Clapton. I shot the sheriff. I remember, you know, like you're like three years old and you have this little hard, or in the seventies they did, they put these hard little shoes on you. And I, my mom was playing, I shot the sheriff. Um, I remember that dancing to that. I want to say '73, Mike. Uh, and I also remember uh, the soundtrack to Bonnie and Clyde the movie. Sure. There was the soundtrack, and it had the super cool cover, which was a photograph of these gangsters with the Tommy guns sitting on their car in this middle of this field. And it wasn't from the movie, but it had this something small, Foggy Mountain Breakdown, which yeah. was like super shredding dual um uh, banjos and it ended with this car crash and and you know so that dude uh i want to say that is in the nether regions of my zygote mind that's a good place to start out i mean talk about a springboard a launch pad yeah but uh, you know what i should tell the people we start off the show listening to john Coltrane doing 26-2 and then nice from your the Price of Frontier, book two. Yeah. Marshall. Right. Seasick sh Shore. Yes. A, a nautical song for a nautical guy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a son of a sailor. You are, dude. You've got that, dude. You got that uh, anchor yeah. necklace? That yeah. thing's tough. Dude, that thing's fucking tough. Somebody gave I'm it serious. to me. 
Yeah. You know, the Cambridge that's in Massachusetts, not England. I right. was unloading my gear with, during the last tour of my th- first opera, and this yeah. hand had that in its fist. I never saw the person. I just saw the fist in the necklace, and I thought, well, if I wear that, I'll have good luck. And it did. It's been 22 years I've been wearing it now. Dude, it's anchoring your uh, incarnation down onto the physical plane and doing doing well for you. <laughs> now, yeah, man. Now, now where, what, what parts did you grow up? Uh, I, 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 I was from Orange County, New York. Uh, oh, there's an Orange County there too. I know there's one in Florida. Of course, there's one here. Dude, there's probably about eight or nine in the union. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's one of those. You, you, they, it keeps popping up. It's and same, same with uh, whatever. There's lots of place names. But uh, to answer your question, uh, Orange County is, uh, you know, it's uh, just a little bit above. It's just directly above New Jersey. Is, is what it is. And uh, I, I've lived in uh, pretty much it was New York. And then I, was, I went to RISD in, in Rhode Island. Uh, I want to, yeah. I'm, I'm like concerned because you're only young once, right? So this is where I'm, I'm, I'm centering in on. Was there Good. any musical instruments in the pad you grew up? There was, dude, there was a, a there was a dulcimer. Uh, not a hammer dulcimer. It's this thing with, uh, uh, it looks like a figure eight. Like It's like a little hippie uh, folk instrument. Uh, and I had that thing. Uh, that's, the- that's a long answer. I want to say no okay. to you. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, there was nothing. Well, what no, about, no, since you got yeah. into drums and shit, what about pots and pans? Oh, that's funny. That's very intuitive. Um, see, I was kind of a late bloomer, and I actually didn't even try doing this shit until um, high school. And we were really into industrial music, like Einsturz and Neubauten, and uh, and electronics and Cabaret Voltaire and and Kraftwerk and stuff. But mostly the first wave of industrial stuff, which is exactly what you're saying, pots and pans. You know, it's it's like some two guys who are starving to death playing a bridge with some rebar you know, in their hands kind of a thing. And we thought that was cool. So, so, uh, me and Toby Frere Jones, um, we have, yeah, a little metal percussion duo thing. Uh, and that, that's, that would be the very first time where I sat down, uh, and, and had the ostentation to try to make something. And it was all percussion. That was, uh, oh shit. What? 84. I want to say, Mike. Can I ask you what was the first record you bought with your own money? Mm. Easy. Soundtrack to Greece. Whoa. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> excuse me. Soundtrack to Greece, man. That. <laughs> excuse me. That really, uh, whew. I, 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 my mom drove me to see it. And, and, uh, and it's funny because I kind of, I, I didn't identify with, uh, John Travolta, I identified with Sandy <laughs> more when I saw that movie. <laughs> you know, Olivia Newton-John. Sure, 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 Australia. Yeah. What, what about the first gig you went and saw? Well, I guess you saw that. Was it the movie or, the, or was it the actual musical? No, uh, you know, I probably did actually see the musical on Broadway five years later. But no, that was the movie when it came out. And when was that, man? 76? Yeah, yeah, something like that. 
Because yeah. that's when happy days they were doing. They were milking the generation. It oh, was, yeah, yeah, totally. Because yeah, because they um, they actually stopped doing that. Where the difference between 1962 and 1972, if you look at cultural change and upheaval, that 10 year difference, that never again would they make something that high contrast as far as a decade. And you probably noticed now we just. Now it's just like saturated, so they actually don't. Decades aren't even that different anymore. No, yeah, plateaued out. Exactly, or or I think with what happened is they 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 the the hidden hand, the establishment. They they stopped. They decided that the future wasn't for us, and they were going to keep the future for themselves. And it's mostly underground now, where there's shit that if I told you what was down there, you wouldn't even believe me. And um, but. Between 60 and 70, they have change agents, and uh, these people, um, that, that's their job, is to make things as different as possible and as compressed an amount of time as possible. So you kind of can't judge. It disorients you. And um, long story short, that the cover to, to uh, American, uh, not American Hot Wax. Uh, graffiti. Graffiti, thank you. Exactly. Good one, buddy graffiti the cover was it was like where were you in 62 you know and, but when that movie came out everybody had uh, uh you know big hair fat ties leisure suits <laughs> and just 10 years earlier they had flat tops yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah so, i know my yeah. pop told me when that show happy days came out he said you know what those were what? not happy days <laughs> <laughs> i know dude it's it's it's, it's it, there's always that revisionist yeah, history. It's like Oliver Stone movie, The Doors. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, they their simulation of the audience of The Doors. It looks like a Grateful Dead concert. It's all tie dyes and long hair, and somebody <laughs> hitting a beach ball like a fucking fucking fl- flaming lips concert. And and I'm like, dude, that's not what it looked like. I wasn't even there, and I could tell you, it was people with kind of mid length bowl haircuts, turtlenecks, like bad glasses and sideburns but there was no like long hair and shit you know like only the people on stage had that everybody else was in college and like their hair they didn't they hadn't it, by it's 68 the majority didn't have time to grow their hair until the fucking 70s <laughs> you know what i mean oh yeah 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 it's always revisionist history right. ronnie ashton told me about wearing a corduroy coat and yeah. smoking a pipe right it, 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 Dude, bullseye, bullseye, and, and and so so it's like, and so the production department on the movie, they always, they always, it's like non-educational. They show you what they think you're gonna think it should have looked like, but I'm like, really, I just want to know what did it actually look like. So do it right, do your fucking job. They had they had corduroy, the thick kind of corduroy. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, with like a big big lapel blazer, this kind of thick corduroy, dude. I don't think you can even get it anymore. No. Yeah, and a and a pipe, yeah, and like a regular Bob Dobbs kind of pipe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yep. He's like 16 years old. Look, I want to play. Uh, yeah, you were. Yeah. The, the the main life. Is that player record?
stupide teorie e troppe stupide teorie
um just remember to forget that you don't know everything just finished i was 25 years old yeah uh yeah we heard uh nandor devai with the the main life from the price of frontier book four hard one yes 
That's the hard the hard rock book, Mike. I uh, I you know separated the books with. There's a the first one's kind of my folk music. The second one's my industrial music. The third one's my jazz, if you want to call it that. And the fourth one's my hard rock or heavy metal. And that's how I did it. But just briefly before I let you take over again, I just wanted to tell you that song, The Main Life, was recorded in uh, this kind of pseudo abandoned bar in Fort Lauderdale with uh, uh, Ricardo Agudelo. But in that same space, I had just jammed the er uh, day earlier with Patrick Joyce. Patrick Joyce being, I want to say, the grandnephew of James Joyce. And wow. they're right there in Florida, looked just like him, kind of rectangular face. I mean, you could see the similarity. Really cool guy, but um, it's just weird of all places that I would uh, uh, be jamming with uh, ancestor. Right. Uh, what did he play? Bass player. Bass. Had a Whoa. Bass player was in a band called Load, um, a, a, a band of some some renown, South South Florida band. I remember um, them. Yeah, Load. Yeah, they 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 registered. They were I don't want to say known, but they were they registered. They were known. They did tours. And Bobby, uh, what's his name, who just died, uh, was the singer. But Pat Joyce, you know, he had a big ridiculous raccoon tail hanging off the neck of his bass. And, <laughs> <laughs> Tall, skinny guy, uh, total smart ass. And uh, to be honest, I didn't really like too many of the people I met in South Florida, but I liked him. So. Okay. I've seen pictures of Jim Joyce with a guitar, and I've heard a recording of him singing a couple songs. He had a high voice. No shit. Yeah, I wouldn't shit you, Nando. Dude, how, what happened to his eye? Yeah, he was always had fucked up uh, vision and had many surgeries, and a lot of them went bad. So, yeah, he had to wear a patch. Dude, that is unfair. You know what I mean? It's like, if I got to get eye surgery, do me a favor. Let's just call it quits. He's got to go back in for more? <laughs> yeah. God damn, Sam. Well, it was the 30s and 40s. It was it too, uh, yeah. Dude, kinda... you you can't, you ain't kidding it. And he, if he got a hand job, he was calling it a good day, that poor guy. You know, a lot of his stuff's about that. Isn't it, though? <laughs> He, he, he's, he's the best goddamn writer who ever lived. I mean, I know that's a subjective statement, but um, he, you know, you know, there's these narratologists, professors who study narratology. OK, uh, and I've been looking into this. It's fascinating. You have two, two as major aspects to it. You have uh, fabula and sujet, which are these Russian words. Uh, but fabula is the story as it occurred in time. And then sujet is the, is the sequence in which you tell the story. So like at, sometimes you start at the end when the person's on their deathbed and then they look back on their life. That would be the sujet, whereas the fabula would be the, you know, from fable, it would be the actual sequence of, of, of events and uh, as they happen in, in real time. But uh, I just wanted to say that these narratologist professors made a poster, Mike. They made a poster of Finnegan's Wake and the characters in that book, it's it's this convoluted, insane diagram that must have taken, you know, like five people with a 200 IQ. It probably took them five years to do this, Mike. You know what I'm saying, dude? Yeah, it's yeah. Imp it's impressive. And the number of characters in the book that are the same person. Right, right, right. What's well, a family, right? I guess so, dude. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, but it's I, everybody, I, yeah. What? Everybody's on board. Yeah, Shem and Sham and all that <laughs> Mm -hmm. His wife, yeah. Nora, was said he was laughing every night he was writing on that thing. But yeah. these two kinds of perspectives you're talking about, it, it reminds me of like either becoming or being. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell yeah. the people, we after we heard Homo Cuomo Dimar from Argo out of uh, Barcelona, Iron Fist from End of Hope, 
dwarves got them saints. Bulma's printed in the Philly Freeze, Ruckus Upstairs from Kim Cooper Complex, and finally, Galactic Refrain from the Price of Frontier book one, Folk, named yeah. Gordon Divide. Yes, sir. Yeah, so these, well, we're going to get into that stuff, but can you, what was your first gig in front? Uh, can I ask you one question as far as like influences? Did you ever know of a dude named Zev? Oh, Zev. Uh, I was into his stuff. Yeah, um, that that was very similar to what we're talking about. That first wave industrial, like, give me some plumbing, re- you know, remnants from a plumbing job. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm outside. Uh, David Ventigam was like that too, like walking oh, yeah. around Brooklyn great, great before cat. it was, you know, uh, playing shit. Tegan would just use drumsticks, but Zev is uh, an interesting cat, and he actually, interestingly, he's known, and I. But he somehow is still underground, uh, which is kind of like me. It's like why – I mean I know why I'm underground because, uh, well, I'm blacklisted, blacklisted, shadow banned, illegal, and, and I'm just perverse and obscene. But So that makes sense. But Zev, I don't know why he's still so underground, dude. You know what his deal is? Well, cancer got him. Oh, no shit? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's no longer with us. But I've seen him like seven, eight times. Uh, he, in the old Hollywood scene in the late 70s, he was doing gigs. Uh-huh. I think he lived up in the city, but he'd come down here and play at Hong Kong Cafe and stuff. And he'd almost get killed by the shit swinging around on stage. I mean, you know, you'd have shit suspended, right? Big pieces of metal and cha- Right. Yeah, really. Okay. Now, now, now you just, dude, you just took a hard left turn into a very uh, relevant subject, which is danger music. It's it's it, danger music, dude. Yeah. It is or it is not. It's not an opinion. Is it dangerous? Is it risky for human life? Is it bad for people? It, you know, is it a liability? And, and like you're saying, when you Zev the Zev show, it it was <laughs> you know what I mean. It wasn't quote dangerous. <laughs> it was just fucking dangerous. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. and, and to him too. It wasn't like it was just the audience. I mean, he was up there. Right. That shit was. Fucking flying around and uh, did you yeah, ever I'm glad, get to see I'm glad him you live? brought that up because because I I decided I was like shit I I'm so talented I might actually become popular and then I thought what can I do so I'll never be popular and I thought danger music that's what I'll do I was like you'll never you're gonna be in the gutter forever and then I thought no it still might be interesting what can I do and I said oh I'll combine it with classical music because that's got to be the least likely you know combo. Uh, imaginable so that's what happened mike anyway and and the the rest is not history as they don't say okay we're at the end of the first hour december 19 2020 <laughs> door divide my guest hold tight for hour two december 19 2020 it's the second hour of the lot for pedro show Do you remember sitting awkwardly As your mom or dad told you about sex For men in this conversation No uncomfortable was a right and passage Now imagine switching the roles Your dad or your mom is single and sexually Time for you to talk about sexual 
Nephrology, nephrology, neurobiology, neurology, neuropsychology, neuropanology, neutrosophy, nidology, nomology, nuology, nosology, nostalgy, notophily, numerology, numismatics, nephrology, obstetrics, oceanography, oceanology. Odology, odology, oology, oecology, olfactology, ambrosology, oncology, oneurology, onemesiology, onomatics, ontology, oology, ophiology, ophthalmology, optics, optometry, optometry, archdoji. Ornithology, orology, orthophene, orthography, orthoterology, orictology, osmics, osmotology, osprengiology, osteology, otology, otorhinolaryngology, phytology, phytotrophy, phytomology, paleoanthropology, Paleobiology, paleoclimatology, paleoimmunology, paleoimmunology, paleontology, paleopedagogy, paleobotany, paleoastology, paleontology, papyrology, parapsychology, parasitology, paraomology, parathenology. Pataphysics, pathology, petrology, pedagogics, pedology, pedology, penology, periodontics, periodontophily, pestology, petrology, pharmacology, 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 pharyngology, phenology, phenomenology, philately. Philomatology, 
Philumony, philology, philosophy, phoniatrics, phonology, photobiology, phraseology, phrenology, physiology, physics, physiology, phytology, piscatology, pistiology, planetology, plutology, pneumatics, podiatry, podology, Polymology, podology, pathology, photomology, praxology, primatology, proctology, prosody, prosodology, proxemics, celligraphy, cephobology, pseudology, pseudopolitics, psychobiology, psychogenetics, psychognosy, psychology. Psychopathology, psychophysics, pterodology, pterodology, pyrotology, pyrology, pyrobiology, pyrography, quinology, radiology, radiology, reflexology, rebology, rebology, rheology, rheumatology, rhinology, rochromatics, rhinology. Psychology, Satology, Scatology, Schematonics, Psychography, Scrupology, Sedimentology, Seismology, Selenology, Selenology, Semantics, Sematology, Semilology, Semiology, Semiotics, Serology, Sexology, Siderography, Sigilography, Significs, Silvics, Synology, Synology, Cytology, Sociobiology, Sociology, Somatology, Sociology, Soteriology, Spectrology, Spectroscopy, Speleology, Spermology, Spagnology, Spagogistics, Spagology, 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 Stagiology, Therology, thermatology, threpsology, tidology, terminology, tocology, tonetics, topology, toponymics, toretics, toxicology, toxophily, traumatology, tribology, trichology, trophology, signology, ternary, typology, typography, typology, Ufology, urinography, urinology, urbanology, urinology, urology, venereology, vermeology, vexillography, 
Victimology, Venology, Virology, Vitrix, Volcanology, Volcanology, Xylography, Xylology, Zoniography, Zoiatrix, Zooarchology, Zoochemistry, Zoogeography, Zoogeology, Zoology, Zoonomy, Zoonosology, Zoophotology, Zoophysics, Zoosexiology, Zoophytology, Zoosemiotics, Zootoxy, Zootechnics, Psychology, Zymology, Zymergy!
For Pedro Show, we start off the second hour. Then Door Divide. Another <coughs> Hi, folks. Are you ready? From the Price of Frontier, Book Four, Hard One. Yeah. Then we had Suffragette City from Sam Bennett. A Nevum Onde Estevalos Salvos from Aruba Avoa, uh, Berlin Cat, well, Portuguese guy in Berlin. And uh, Hard Drugging from the Price of Frontier, Book Four. Hard one, Nandor Navai. 
Yeah. So, now you, you uh, uh, listeners, off air, Dan Dort was uh, tripping on the fact that I would play a 20-minute piece. Yeah. I, I, I put that on there just to test you. I, 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 I thought, man, you should you should be nice to Mike since he's cutting you a break. But I thought, no, I'm going to see if he plays his fucking 20-minute damn funk song. Oh, enchilada. Look. look. Uh, what? Well, we, you were talking about writers, Jim Joyce. And every yeah. time I'm reading a credit for one of your songs, it's from the book. What's the connect between book and music here? Okay, so I... <laughs> Yeah, I called them audiobooks when I first came out. I realized an audiobook is actually not that. An audiobook, and this relates to Jim Joyce, is is somebody reciting prose or text vocally. That's an audiobook. And there are audiobooks of Jim Joyce which are incredibly virtuosic, Mike, because if you can actually read from Finnegan's Wake and know how to even begin and end a sentence, you know, with the stress of your language, that's like virtuosic to me, but uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely. Yeah. But but my my stuff I call them music books. Uh, to be honest, um, the all right. Well, let me start over. There's text, and then there's four CDs. There's four books. Each book has four CDs. Sixteen CDs total. Four books total, and there's forty four pages of text. Now the text is an autobiography. And it deals with my life from about the year 1999 to the year 2006. And all the text, there's some, you know, things that go a little bit out of that. But basically, that's just what happened to me between uh, 99 and 06. Now, the CDs, the music in there is just an archive dump, to be frank. It's not like a regular produced LP release. When you produce an LP, you filter the material. You use the best stuff. You uh, you know, um, you don't just use everything. But this stuff, th- these books are an archive. This is just all this shit on my shelves. I'm like, it, it, I'm not even going to care about this by the time I'm 51. I just have to get this out now, get it definitively done. And um, the last thing I'm going to say, and then you go, is just that it ha- – it, some of it is some of it I don't even like, okay. But it, it's it's my life. It's what happened, and it it it's relative to the information in the books, to the text, you know. So I have this twenty minute long drum and bass jam I did with Don Bowles yeah. in two thousand old friend. And yeah, I I, I I I fucking hate him. But um, <laughs> in two thousand and two. Okay, and uh, there's a lot of things I like about Don, Don, uh, but, um, uh, well, read the book and you'll find, you know, I I, I picked him up and threw him out a door, so I guess our relationship wasn't quite the same after that, but uh, he, um, my point is just that this track is the only track I have with me and Don, The the, the good material we did was all stolen or lost, so, so I put that track on here, but, um, that's the difference between an archive and a regular release, um, and, uh, and 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 your question about what's why is there these books and why is there CDs with it? Um, uh, there was just so much unreleased stuff, and uh, and I, I wanted to. I just I knew I had to do the autobiography about these dead people and just this insane life that I shouldn't have even survived, man, and. Uh, Long story short, you know, it's like I I went to California 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like when you give a Native American the fire water, <laughs> you know, <laughs> California. I was the Native American and California was the fire water. And I'll tell you what, Mike Watt, yeah. by the end of that story, I looked like a piece of chewed fucking hamburger. <laughs> but like Ishmael, you live to tell the tale. I don't know how. I don't know why they let me go, dude. There, there was. I, I ran into some enforcers, and 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 some of them uh, were evil, but uh, the good ones I'll, I'll never forget. Oh wow! And, uh, I want to yeah. play. I want to play the vampire smile. Oh yeah. Okay. That's that's Florida. That's about Florida.
white criminals in this here music business. Once you discover it's a certain value, you'll play go down.
Uh, for Pedro Show, we heard yeah. Vampire Smile. Yeah. The Price of Frontier, book four, hard one. We got a lot of entries from hard one. Uh, yeah, that, that's uh, um, that's because you're Mike Watt, uh, and I've got a limited time to appeal maybe to a an audience, um, you know, just so I could just totally mooch off you. So, I, you know, so I'm just shamelessly trying to mooch off like whatever, whoever likes Mike Watt. Um, you know, um, my favorite stuff that you've done is probably Dose. Oh, yeah. Uh, my oldest yeah. man, 35 yeah. years. The Pedro yeah. slang for that is not mooch. We say side mouse. Side mouse. Thank you. I need to get my Cali <laughs> slang working again. Uh, okay. We had Red Show at the Opera from the Plutonium Farmers, Mike Cooper with Miniature 12, and Automatic Sonata number three by three hands. Nandor. Yep. Nevada. Okay. Yes, sir. That that's different. That ain't hard one. No, no, that that's a that's a its own CD. That's that's not in the books. That was recorded in uh, April uh, two thousand and one. Oh, but it's in that window. Why is that window nineteen ninety nine to two thousand seven important? Because that's when I moved out to California in ninety nine, um, and in two thousand and six I moved back east. Oh, okay, and, so it's a yeah. California experience. Uh, exactly, the Southern California experience with some Frisco there on the ass end of the whole bitch. But uh, uh, when I first got there, I, I was when I first got in, into the state, Mike. I was a, a young professional. I was 29 years old. I had a resume. I was a gentleman. Uh, I, I dressed well. I combed. I, I wasn't a, a, a de- degenerate dirtbag in a feral situation. Uh, I, I, I had prospects. I had several irons in the fire. I was a professional video editor working at ABC TV there on Prospect in Los Feliz. Uh, I was a- apprenticing at the Devo studio, and that's where that piano record was made because um, the wonderful artist Mark Mothersbaugh. Mutato. He turned 70 yesterday. No shit? I wouldn't shit you, Nandor. Dude, yeah, I, I I love him. He he's just the best. He he's 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 a very strange person, but he has the sensibility of a fine artist, uh, and he's kind of an underrated composer, uh, to be honest. He does neoclassical music and stuff. But long story short, I was sort of apprenticing there, and he let me wheel this five hundred pound player piano forte. It took four of us to move uh, up into a studio and record this this album. And, uh, you know, I was this 31-year-old uh, nobody who just got there from New York. And uh, within about two or three years, um, I was like a feral animal. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, 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 I thought I wanted to get into the porn biz and make – not the porn biz, but I wanted to make erotic art that wasn't disgusting – uh, and that wasn't anti-female, and it wasn't mob mafia-ish, and, and it wasn't uh, perverse. Uh, and I found out that, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I mean, you, you you could do it, you could do it, and have your little nothing thing going on. But uh, I, uh, I learned a lot. Put it to that that way, Mike. And it's it's all in the books. And uh, 
Yeah, right over those hills on the other side of the Hollywood Hills is the Val, and that's where they do a lot of that business. In it though, but um, yeah, I, I, I uh, it's very interesting if you read the book. They saw me coming. All right, I, I, I didn't even realize I was involved in it, and then I'm like, wait, these people I know are uh, they have uh, secret lives because that's the aristocracy, and then they disguise themselves and. Uh, you know, it's actually it's kind of it's actually kind of a dangerous subject even to this day. And and the names in the I, I the books tell 100 percent the truth, and I actually include the names of the people, but I use only the first two letters of the first name and the first two letters of the last name. And uh, I would rather play Russian roulette uh, than pull put the full names in there because I uh, tell you what, dude, it is not a safe scene. Right. <laughs> that makes good sense, Nandor. We're yeah. at the end of the second hour, December 19, 2020, this Wapito show. Hold, special guest, Nandor Navai. Hold tight Aye. for hour three. December 19, 2020. It's the third hour of the Wap for Pedro show.
the saints give a damn. You know that I'm brutal.
Go, go, go ahead and take it. to swell do you i wanna eat out for pedro show we start off the third hour with nandor divide doing string octet in a movements one through three that's it now is this part of the thing you did this at mutato 
that that's the most recent. Ah, okay, uh, that, okay. That's on an LP. I did that in 2012. Not the most recent, but that one, Mr. Bass Player, is you know my my favorite thing is bass, dude. That's other thing I like about Dose is uh, two bass. That, yeah. yeah, that two bass thing. It's not redundant. It's uh, as far as arranging goes. It's it's got crazy potential. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it just, it just, I don't know to me, it just sounds good because bass has bass, of course, but it bass also has high end in it. Whereas the high end instruments don't have bass in them. They only have high end, ah, but bass, bass has both, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you the but, closest sound to us on the stage is the kick drum. Precisely. And, and along that same line of thought, string octet in a, I've been planning to do for oh, 20 years, man. I, you know, my ideas are they're too grandiose to be realized. Uh, uh, but I finally did it. It's um, it's all upright bases. Okay, there's eight, uh, there's seven upright bases, and uh, and then I had to simulate an eighth one on the keyboard with a, a you know viol sound. But here's the thing of it. Yeah, I got Tim Dahl who's probably, in my opinion, one of the best bass players in New York. I think he is it, but uh, Neoclass, oh, yeah. So he, I, I had to buy him an $88 low A string, Mike, <laughs> for him to rig his his upright so he could get that 27 hertz low A, the first key on the keyboard, okay? okay. And... So this is what I'm trying to tell you is this octet is the lowest string octet ever written uh, and probably one of the lowest pieces of music that's ever been acoustically uh, recorded. Um, and it's got a saturation level where you, you know, it's got eight parts to it. You couldn't probably put one more bass line in there. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Without yeah, yeah. just, without just, you know, <laughs> It, without being inaudible, I guess. Yeah. yeah so. Well, yeah. It makes your bladder let go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then we heard you... uh, the big spin from another umbrella. Big spin number one. Day of the Dead from Dynamite for Partisans. Into the Blue from Simon Waldrum. Transferred from Trigger Cut and my microphone. It's a trippy way of spelling. Yeah. From the Price of Frontier, Book One, Folk, with you <laughs> people. <laughs> so, what is the most recent thing you've been doing musically now? Um, uh, this technical death metal band called Glypto Glossio, which is um, technical death metal is the sort of it's just it's pr it's progressive hard rock. So. Uh, Think of, but we're taking the progressive thing and it's like making it into the World Wrestling Federation of Progressive, where we're, it's science fiction shit that we're just making it as advanced as possible, as futuristic as possible. Uh, there's that. And then um, the other thing is I'm just doing this over my own project, which is Overshadower Command, Mike. And long story short, that is basically. It's, you know, power organ, you know, you know, super hard rock with the power organ, a la, you know, Iron Butterfly, oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Hammer B3, yeah. 
Exactly, but but it's got um, just like the way a guitar, you can get that perfect distortion on on bar chords or on power chords. Um, that that ripping atomic distortion that I get from uh, just the direct, you know, and it's a church pipe organ uh, sound, but, um, and there's literally, there's probably three hours worth of material of that kind of shit that, uh, you know, cause I live up here in the woods, Mike, and uh, long story short, it's, you, you can't always get somebody to come up here. <laughs> hey, want to come to my house and record again? I mean, for the fourth time? No, I don't, you know? So, so yeah, you end up doing it yourself or like dose, you know, you find a cute little honey and you're like, Hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and Mike, I don't need to tell you no. that's dude, that's living. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you find a little sweetie you want to play with and, and maybe get a little something, something before or after that, my friend is living. Yeah. Well, that segue Segui's right into this song, Honolulu. Very good. That's exactly what that is.
from Peter. So, so last yeah. music for this edition. We have Honolulu, number one, from The Price of Frontier, book three, Jasm. Yep. Nandor Divide. Then Broke It Again from Quiet Pig out of Italy, Prado. And then finally, Symphonic HNW Monuments Movement One, Dakota. Yeah. From The Price of Frontier, book two, yes. Marshall. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dimension to that. And like you said, it's not edit, edited, it's an archive. Right. So a lot of the stuff, um, <sighs> there was stuff that happened in my life, and some of it's not releasable, but it's, it's relevant to the text. There's characters in the text playing, and it, or is recorded in a place that's referenced in the text or depicted there. Um, but long story short, Mike Watt, yeah. There's 79 minutes on a CD. Yeah. So I try to be very stringent. And as I said on, on the Lydia Lunch interview, I said, you know, you I try to respect the audience. I don't always get that impression from every musical artist that they respect the audience. And I what I mean by that is try and give cook up the best stuff I can. It's not just because I want to be so cool and I want to be so great. I just think they should get the best thing I can deliver in the shortest amount of time. And, 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 and I believe in putting effort into that. So, but my, uh, my, my point is, uh, well, wait, what the fuck uh, were we talking about? No, uh, that, what you're telling me is that you consider yeah. it. I think a lot of people on stage think they're better than the people. That's what I'm saying. The gig goers. Exactly. And, 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 uh, um, uh, oh, oh, oh! We were talking about symphonic H and W monuments. I forgot what the hell my point was. I, I, I had a well. It was the whole. It was the whole there. work. The whole work that you wanted to deliver it without oh, archive. You, you said archive. Archive. What? Yes, yeah, that's what it was, my friend. So what I'm trying to say is, there's stuff on there that that uh, some of it I don't like. Some of it's unreleasable, Mike. But you have 79 minutes. On a CD. So instead of having all my good stuff and having the CD end at 50 minutes in duration, so the, the piece you just played, H&W Monuments, that, that segment is uh, probably 10 minutes long. That the whole, the whole composition is an hour and 20 minutes. There's still 40 minutes on there. and So that's the difference between an archive and a regular re release. It's like this is what happened. And sometimes with artists I really respect, I want that throwaway stuff where you just hear the weird, you know, the air, the, the air sound that was in the room there. And, and somebody's like in the other room and they're like, you hear them open the fridge and they're like, there's no more beer. And you just, it's kind of like time travel a little bit, you know, man. And you, yeah. so, but what I'm trying to say is an archive is, well, it's it, kind of like a diary entry. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The, the the filtration, there's less of a filtration. And that what I mean by that is on the theme of respecting your audience, it's slightly disrespectful to your audience because it's like it's like when you go over somebody's house and their laundry, you know, what I'm saying their dirty laundry is in the front of the front door. and You kind of have to step <laughs> over it. So like maybe you should have put your laundry away. So, you know, in this case, it being an archive, I'm saying here's all my laundry. 
and I, I'm apologizing for that, but maybe there's, uh, you know, the shit, there's 79 minutes of space on a CD, dude. So, you know what I mean? Fill it up. Press, press, press stop anytime you like. Yeah. So, And I'm sorry, but we got to now. I've run out of time. It's been big honor to have you aboard, though, really, Nandor. Amazing. I had a great, I had a blast with you, man. I, maybe we should hang out in, uh, in California sometime. I'll be out there this winter. Um, you know, and it, I, I want to, maybe we could trade for your book. I don't know if that's interesting. You let me know. Okay. It's at the end of the Harbor freeway, San Pedro. Yeah, brother. You, but you got, but you got a book out, right? Of pictures and some, uh, yeah. Diary right. and poem. And I'll well, trade I'm, you. I'll trade I'm you. Inter- yeah, okay. I'm interested in that. So I did 125 months touring with the Stooges, so I got some diary. Jesus. <laughs> God damn, tough son of a gun. Dude, that is, that's rough, dude. You survived that, man. But like, wow. Ishmael, like Ishmael said, you know, live to tell the tale. People, it's been December 19, 2020 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah. Amen. <laughs>